dudes, you guys are going to go back in time. Yeah! You are going to have the most excellent adventure through history. Who are you guys? We're you, dude! No way. No way. Yes way, Ted! Look, we know how you feel. We didn't believe it either when we were you, and we us said what we us are saying right now. Okay, wait. If you guys are really us, what number are we thinking of? 69, dudes! Whoa. You know that movie, Blake? Come on. Um, I mean, at first I thought it was Jeff Spicoli from Fast Times. And then I think I heard Keanu and Ted. So it's The Matrix. <laughs> so I'm going to go with The Replacements. He oh. had a, the right reasoning and then the wrong answer. Yeah. Because if I heard Keanu and Ted, I would think of... And the replacements, his name was Shane Falco. Shane Falco. Falco. Well, Footsteps Falco from Ohio Footsteps State. Footsteps Falco, that's right. He played Ohio State quarterback twice? Twice, yeah. That's a great movie. They should have won the Sugar Bowl, but he was a disaster. Yeah. Uh, Bill and Ted? I don't know. There you go. But I don't, I don't know champion. the... I don't know the rest of the title. Magical Adventure? Pretty close. Pretty close. We're gonna get you to know everything we know someday. <laughs> and then I'll yeah, no. Boy, that's uh, it wasn't even a sequel, right? It was the uh, the third one that kind of came and went. There was a third Bill and Ted, uh, Ted. Yeah, like three or four years ago. Kind of like a Dumb and Dumber. Oh my god, that was so bad. Yeah, <laughs> so bad. They remade uh, Roadhouse. That's coming out. Oh, I know. A remake, the, not a, the tra- is it a TV series. The sequel? No, no, it's a movie. Oh, it's a movie. The trailer okay. comes out today. Yeah, I saw Gyllenhaal kicking ass on Twitter earlier. Yeah, I think I'm in. Yeah, that that actually made news because here's the plot, Dan. Um, it's basically the same, except Gyllenhaal is Swayze, and the reason he's so kick ass is because he's a retired MMA fighter, and. Like they filmed it at a, a part of it at an actual MMA event, which mm. gave away one of the fairly major plot points. As somebody recorded it with their phone when they weren't supposed to and posted it, but I think Conor McGregor's in it <laughs> as like the bad guy. Jillian Hall all beefed up. Stupid. Yeah, just stupid beefed up. <laughs> I mean, I could do that if I was a Hollywood actor I mean, and if I just I had, hired a trainer. Yeah, if and I had course, a, a, chef, a chef. Worked out eight hours a day. That was yep. my job to work out. Yep. But I got, hell, I got meetings. <laughs> How about Business Wednesday, man? It was a, Were was you a, as tired as I was last night? It was action-packed, yes. It was the most tired I've been in, in a long time. Like, I'd rather do the stream on Sunday and yeah. carry chairs up and down. Yeah, and take it, notes. Yeah. It was, we, we had... Two and a half more hours after you got done, Blake. Because it, oh, it, it's weird, and I wonder if people feel like this in business. Like, how many meetings and how many hours you spend on one thing, and you're like, oh, I'm closer to the decision. Yeah. Or to, like, because <laughs> we don't really know what we're, we still don't know. We're allowed now 
to take advertising. We'll soon be allowed. We'll we'll have all shackles off if we have a shackle on. Uh, it's it's dumb but, zone unchained. Yeah, but like today's episode is free, and I was thinking today, yeah, it's our one video up, and I thought, you know what, we could just video every episode if we wanted to this week. Um, we could put them all out for free. You know, we're we could. Yeah. But so we're in this middle portion of. We're, we're edging out of yeah we're out of one area a cloud not quite over us anymore but as then it, as we're it not, were <laughs> i didn't mean that <laughs> dang that was perfect <laughs> oh man yes that's gonna be a fun the, day yeah sorry i forgot the great, edge of the cloud is just catch. over that's a great catch and then to total we could do any, but we just don't know. So we're in the. Yeah. I think I told you on the phone yesterday, we're in the taint of our yes. career because it's in the middle. It's not yeah. this and it's not that, but we don't really know what it is. It taints this, it taint that. Yeah. Yeah. I will tell you this, though, about business people. And, it, and we um, stink. The taint <clears throat> is not a. Clean it up. You can clean it up, but it's tough to keep it clean. I've often wanted to just wax it. <laughs> Seriously, because we've talked about like when you groom, you're like, well, where do I stop? All mm-hmm. right, um, seventy five hundred followers, and we do it. Taint wax. Yeah, <laughs> I'll do that. At what are we at now? Add ten more. Well, let's try to. <laughs> oh, sorry, bad get sales the, job. Get the people going a little bit more. <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, I. Of course, yeah, we'll do it on video. I think um, the, uh, the, the 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 lie of the business world is. I, I think that there's a lot of just kind of sitting around. Like, you might have two or three meetings a day, but you're not doing meetings the whole day. How about people that want to do a lunch meeting or a happy hour meeting? It's Ugh. like, well, now I got to drive 45 minutes. Right. And Waste now a we got to do pleasantries and yeah. hang out and talk about, like, I don't want to do that stuff. I just yeah. want to talk about, let's get to the, the meat. My wife has to do that sort of thing, and she hates it. And that's part of... That's, general business and that's part of your wasting time you yeah. could be i could be working on cancer yesterday and i wasn't <laughs> working on uh, you know trying to cure it <laughs> yeah thank you for clearing that up yeah not but that's why most of them golf that is that's true and that drives my wife insane so four hours you make a decision somewhere in that you yeah, might but, even just I mean, get closer to a decision but you're either like spending us. time in a, in a conference room or at a chili's or you could just go play golf yeah the the women of the business world are very upset that golf exists. What do they have? I mean, think about how bad people would freak out if you were like... Let's go get a mani-pedi. Yeah, we're going to go to a spa for four hours and just talk. But it's a business. It's an expense, business, right off. I mean, it should be, but you couldn't get away with that. I'm a feminist. What yeah. can I say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You are. Hey, I have a little bit of viewer mail that I love. You're the AOC of the show. Yeah, I think that works. You're all hot. <laughs> yeah, no, that's me. <laughs> um, I've 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 really enjoyed our uh, our Gaza Strip ice cream series, and we've gotten a lot of good a lot of good uh, suggestions. My buddy Sean hit us with RPG Lotto. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but I'm reminded by a listener, Dallas, 
He says he grew up listening to Rush. Rush. Limbaugh for countless hours in the backseat of his parents' car. I had a similar, some, somewhat similar experience. A lot of ticket, but a lot of conservative talk radio. And uh, Russ did a couple segments on a company that, that uh, popped up, I think, basically right around uh, 9-11 or the Iraq War, so early 2000s, called Star Spangled Ice Cream. And these are some of the – we couldn't have done this. Like, ours were good. These are great. Like, Iraqi Road. Yeah. Like, uh, Prail to the Chief. Whoa. How about impeach Clinton? <laughs> that had be a that's a layup, right? I hate the French vanilla. French is because is if a you fun recall, one. they were they Freedom were sitting fries. things out. Yeah, um, nutty environmentalist. That's kind of a reach, but I, it kind of works. And then <laughs> the one I love the most is chalk and all. Because their <laughs> the slogan was like shock, shock and all the campaign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slogan? Do you have a slogan for a war? Basically, hmm. they kind of did. You always have like a name for the operation, like Iraqi uh, Iraqi freedom. It's always badass. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. boy, would you like to be in that room? That and writer's room. Do you think room? they're all kind of dicking around with a lot of <laughs> funny <laughs> things? Like, what should we call this? Right. And they, yeah, like a lot of they're racist like, all right, undertones. We're just gonna have to go with shock and awe. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt that somebody at some point was like, can we use sand? <laughs> like, how, how can we do that? I always loved The Surge. Like, under, uh, I think that was Obama, right? Like, when we were decided, like, hey, we've had enough of this shit. We're going to commit. And it was like, we're calling it The Surge. I felt like an ode to the soda that I drank growing up that I uh, was convinced would shrink my... My mm-hmm. penis. Yellow five. That's right. Well, if you're in the mood for follow-ups sure. on a Thursday, we have another 9-11 memorial. <laughs> We're learning that there are a lot of them. <laughs> if you're wondering what this show is all about, you're just tuning in, maybe you heard uh, the Brunigs talking about us. Maybe you just read about us in the Washington Post. Sure. The show basically, and maybe you're one, your former you used to hear us on the ticket, and you're like, wait, what What are these guys doing now? And you're just tuning in now. One of the ten new subbies we got on the way to Jake's uh, Taint Wax, <laughs> you're thinking, what do these guys do? Well, most of our show is spent on Gaza Strip-type ice cream names uh-huh. and uh, 9-11 memorials around the world. And this one is in Wiley. Oh! He okay. says, uh, from Stephen, where Blake lives, and I live as well. It is properly, he says, placed at a fire station. Yeah, so that not, works. Not a Tex-Mex restaurant. Please tell me it's the one by my house. Go ahead. He said it's replica 12-foot towers that pay tribute to the 343 firefighters who died, which have been etched into the towers. It also has a piece of the tower within the window of remembrance. You could reach in and touch it like a real piece of the tower. And then kind of close your eyes. Just kind of ASM, ASMR it. Feel the thermite. <laughs> it has red and orange lights to represent the fire that consumed most of the lives that day. The sidewalk is pentagon-shaped <laughs> to subtly, this is according to their website, uh, subtly include the Pentagon's involvement on that fateful day. Yeah, I'll say they had some involvement. <laughs> 
And then he says, I don't know if this is a uh, tie-in. He says, more importantly, in Wiley, there is a house at the address of 911 Memorial Drive. If it wasn't a house, it would be a great address for Dragon Den Productions. And then he sends a Zillow link so you could actually (laughs) find. Yeah, we'll have to go tour it and see if we could build it out. What's this bad boy worth? It's a lot cheaper than the studio space we looked at a week ago. <laughs> that was what one point seven million asking, and we we're like, ah, gosh, I uh, kind of looking for one point three. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna give you a hundred dollars. But that was a big, big, giant building for sale. Yeah, um, where that's probably not in our near future. You know, uh, and then he says, "May all of your fires be ceased." Thank Steve. you. Yeah, you know, you mock it, but. I think it's at the I can't like maybe it's the American History Smithsonian. It might be like the Media Smithsonian, but they have a 9/11 situation there that you basically have to be even more soulless than us to not like get super moved by it. Like they got a, a documentary that plays, which is pretty much just raw footage, mm-hmm. like all these accounts and stuff. And like I'm the guy who was making jokes about it when I was 16. On nine twelve, but in DC they have a like a museum set up, and it's like, oh, damn, this was gnarly. <laughs> so you're saying maybe the Smithsonian does it better than than us, the, <laughs> or than Wiley, the Quickie Mart, or whatever the yeah the rest stop. I mean that it sounds like a joke, but it is literally in the parking lot of a Starbucks, a Tex-Mex restaurant, and a like title licensing company a 9-11 memorial yes about two blocks from my house and it's pretty spare i don't know that i've ever just gone and taken it we're gonna have we need okay that's in our um next year calendar (laughs) right write write that down that's got to be a must do the oh 9-11 memorial picture at the 9-11 memorial it is extremely underwhelming near jake and, and maybe confusing. now, maybe the one in Wiley, although the Wiley one sounds like it's proper. Yeah, it does. I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, a bunch on today's program. Oh, if we're doing some uh, viewer mail, let me just at least uh, read the birthdays. I've got one as, as well. A we birthday? Uh, or no, an email? Viewer mail. Okay. Blake uh, wants to end with his. He says it's great. Um, He's been hyping it up all morning. <laughs> Want to get a last-minute shout-out to my friend Terry Fagan. You think that's how you pronounce that? <laughs> how would you say it? For his birthday today. Uh, Terry Fagan, I would say it. I got him a year-long DZ subscription for Christmas. Now that's his birthday, I'm out of ideas. That's awesome. Uh, he thinks the Bills are cursed and the Cowboys are not, so we remind him we can all be miserable and the two things can be true. Other than that, he likes big T's and Rangers baseball. He'd appreciate hearing his leaders give him a mention from Treva Makrowski. Oh, I'm sorry. She writes, it's pronounced Treva. The girl who showed up at a remote 12 years ago and gave you a Zico coconut water. And then you asked if it was expired, and that's why I was giving it to you. (laughs) Still one of my fondest memories. I used to drink coconut water. Treva. I feel like it kind of waned in popularity treva that might have been the only one i ever drank if i if indeed i drank it. you didn't like it i had convinced myself or was convinced by others that it was really good for hangovers 
I feel like yeah, for the last 10 years, like big deal. I only drink water, water and coffee. I can't tell you the last time that I had. I just don't drink anything. A soda that was not associated with like a cocktail. Like the last time I just had like a Coke. I can't. You do 12-hour energy. Five. Five. Five-hour, whatever. Yeah. But that's like, you know, it's an ounce and a half or two ounces or whatever. But no, I don't. I, I do not do soda. I don't really do tea. Uncle Hotmail, apologize for using inferior Gmail. <laughs> um, hopefully it makes it through the sophisticated Hotmail firewall. My buddy Jeff Q and Tyler, it's his birthday. Happy birthday, Jeff Q. His leaders are Jake's nipples and Jake's, excuse me, Blake's nipples. Yeah, I barely have any. And Jake's puppet. That was my problem. From Matt, yeah. the big dumb F, and Tyler. I have like recessed nipples. <laughs> Inverted? Yeah, sort of. Yeah. Like even when I get cold, I, I really, really can see them. Like a alien. That used to be me, but now they're always erect. Because of your rings? Yeah. Wow. And I didn't know that until somebody tweeted at me like, hey, as soon as you get them pierced, they're always going to stick out. Interesting. I wonder if that happens with uh, the Prince Albert. (laughs) 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 Only one way to find out. I feel like that would be unhealthy. I already committed to waxing my taint, so I'm going to let somebody else take the the Albert. You also claimed off air... That you would get a tattoo during our Super Bowl stream if I would if that might help. I would. The cause. It's, a, it's kind of a lot to set up, as I learned whenever I got a tattoo on my foot while doing a ticker. But yeah, I'll get a little something. I'll get a dumb zone tattoo on my other foot. Did you see the someone sent me the iced tea tweet, where basically it was he was looking at. Somebody had sent him a picture of their new tattoo, which was iced tea. He dunked on it? No, he said it was very humbling. Oh, okay. To have somebody tattoo iced tea on their leg. And, uh, of course, that's a misuse of humbling. It is. (laughs) I have seen other times, though, where celebrities have been sent uh, images of themselves tattooed on someone else's body, and they're like, that doesn't look anything like me. Mm. (laughs) Just... Like, kind of like ruined the wax mu- museum. Exactly. And uh, now... Did you almost just come up with a new idea called the Wax Midget Museum? I didn't... Hold on, I got more on that in a second. But I <laughs> that was just a misspeak. How? Pull up that video in Dropbox. Okay. You got a video Please. in Dropbox? Yeah, so we can all see it. I got this text. In January? Yes. Um, Basically November. Or excuse me, February. From D.F. West, who's helped us out with a couple things in our in our past, he said, Do you want me to full screen it? Okay. I found a 90-second promo of that show Tins with Daniel Tosh that Jake mentioned yesterday. Hell yeah. And apparently he says that Tosh tried to scrub this from the internet because it was really hard to find. And uh, it's so very 90s and it's very funny and I thought you guys would enjoy watching it, especially it. Dan. Yeah, this okay. d- just as a refresher, this would run on regular television here locally, and I imagine across the nation. It would run at like 10 o'clock on either 49 or maybe even 27. And at, th- th- at that time, the, the Mavericks were on those channels, so that was like 
the Maverick game would end, and they would just go to this softcore porno. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you're watching Mass Post game, and then... Yeah. Boom. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> From Ortigal to Tosh. <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah. Hit it. Taking me back. Isn't it perfect? <laughs> this is what 14-year-old Jake's watching? Maybe even younger than that. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> get off cloud nine. Get on ten. It's hot chicks. Invaded suits. What characteristics do you have that you think makes you a ten? Aside from my good looks, I'm a gentleman. A little beach interview. I don't remember there being dudes. Yeah. <laughs> what is this? One ten, where do you fall? But look at young Daniel Tosh. Bleached tips and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Earrings. What like, makes a perfect ten woman? Someone who can be your friend and love you and appreciate you for everything that you have to give. Come on. Great body. <laughs> that doesn't hurt. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I love <laughs> body. body. Yeah. It's the worst part of your body. There. That's not bad. That's not the worst part of your body. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. Guys like Vegas. Big honkers. Big hand lines. He's just on the beach now saying, show me your tan line. Be honest, and I want you to be honest. Is that not the sexiest thigh? <laughs> just slow-mo shots of chicks yeah. emerging from the water. USAB Late Prime brings you the show dreams are made of. Yeah. After Mavs and Celtics tonight at 10. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nine's not good. No. 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 And again, I can't remember if it was before or after, then they would run strip poker. <laughs> Which is what you think it is. You know, it does make you wonder what will TV be like in 20 years. Just because every generation is like, oh, this is going to hell. And it was first going to hell because... Um, you know, someone would sleep in the same bed as their wife, right? You know, something like that. And then it was going to hell because Ellen kissed a girl. And now, of course, there's a obligatory gay character on every as Blake's grandpa would attest to, right? <laughs> well, it's just yeah, they're making out in commercials. They're doing whatever. <laughs> yeah. Then you got this emerges, and you're like, uh, you know, if an adult had seen this at the time, they wouldn't believe what you're talking about. Twenty thirty five full pin. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe a little FP. I, whoa. I uh, I don't know. I feel like we've gone the other way. I think you'd have a hard time finding something like this on local network television right now. Network, yeah, but I mean, you know, Love Island is basically that's true. That's the true. Bachelor, but they're saying, hey, why don't you go have sex with him, and then uh, we'll come back and and you can make fun of it, and we'll talk about it, and then maybe someone else after that. Yeah, that's true. That show definitely feels like the as far as we can go without making normal content just straight up porno. Yeah, and I guess nobody really gets up in arms about it unless it gets mainstream. Right. Yeah, but <clears throat> overseas they're doing that naked dating show. Yeah, you guys remember when I told you about that? And the Naked News. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, oh, The Naked Truth. The Naked Truth, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That was Brilliant. dude. We need to do another review of an episode of that. I need you guys to watch a full episode. 
It was the most insane thing I've ever seen, and it was on regular-ass TV. I think I pulled a few episodes and still have it on the hard drive. So, yeah, that'd be easy. They were showing Vagine. Yeah. On, like, a channel called BBC4 or something. And commenting on grooming issues. Yeah. <laughs> and the Same. host was like, yeah, yeah, I see your point. Yeah, that, that is a little messy. <laughs> so you said something earlier, and I said I'll get back to that. I take you now to Monday night... Channel 8 in Dallas as they were doing the weather, but then when they're done with the weather, there's always a little fun banter. Sure. And Chris I think, and Izzy. I think one of the other big stories apparently has to do with soccer and Messi. Is he coming to Dallas? Soccer crazy. He was just here. He was just here? Okay. Yeah. So that was the, the whole reason. All right. Well, let's take you to the WFAA studios. Sunshine with temperatures in the 60s nice. and yes. get a little break from the rain. And oh, it's coming back just in time for the following weekend. Isn't that exciting? But at least it's not snow and it's not ice and it's not a, a, a tornadic situation. So that's all good news right there. Question. Yeah. How tall do y'all think Lionel Messi is? He's like 5'3". He's a midget. <laughs> oh, like no. No, how, he's not very five tall, seven. though. He's a, he's a small guy. No, five, oh, Chris seven. got it right. 5'6"? Five, 5'6". Six? Five, six, he's 5'7". Five, 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 yeah. He's diminutive. <laughs> <laughs> Joe with wow. <laughs> the funniest part about that, obviously, is that Pete tries to deflect from the fact that he used this slur by being like, he, I, "He's not very tall." No, I mean, that's he's that's, like five three. He's a midget. Yeah. He's like five six. He's a he's a small guy. Five, Chris <laughs> got it right. Five six. Five six. He's five, five seven. Five seven. Yeah. He's diminutive. <laughs> yeah, I don't think the issue that they took with you there, Pete, was that you were wrong about his height. <laughs> I don't think you needed to clear that up. Dang. Wow. <laughs> that was shocking. Like it's one thing if it's Dan. I know, but the weather guy. <laughs> yeah, should that's, be good. No tornadic activity. That's part of my brand. Wow. Also, tornadic activity is dressed up. Just say there's no tornadoes. That's a little bit much for me. Is the rain coming back this weekend? Is that what I just learned? Uh, that is, yes. That's really the message you should take out of all of that. <laughs> sure. Is be prepared. Um, get your rubbers or your galoshes. Is that the name? Galoshes? Is that, a, is that like boots? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Boots that you put over your regular shoes, I think. Yeah. Yeah. May have had a pair of those at one point. There's no doubt you did. How could you but grow it feels what you like, did without it? Yeah. Feels like that's a bad bit. Uh, I. This is what I think. Before we get to, we do have some uh, meaty sports topics that I'd like to get to. And also, a little uh, warning. Video Man has a tight sked today. And so we actually, I'm going to guess this gets released earlier than usual. So if you're listening to this now going, why do they drop this earlier? Um, and, you know, we're in the middle zone. At, at some point, whether we're going live or just dropping it at the same time every day, that's our goal, correct? Yes. Yeah. Get a little consistency in life. <clears throat> um, but he's got to leave by one. And right now it's 1138. So it won't be as long of an episode as we have, you know, become accustomed to throwing out there. So we're back timing. But I did think today, because we had a lot of correspondence on it yesterday or whatever, um, did you want to talk about the ticket's 30th anniversary at all? Or 30th birthday? Same thing? 
correct? Yeah, I think they're the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was weird, obviously. It was a weird day. At, at no point have I regretted anything that we have done, but it was weird. It was weird just to basically have your entire Twitter feed be about the place where you used to work and ultimately were sued by, at least the parent company. But, yeah, it was a nice day to kind of reflect and just be introspective. Yeah, I didn't think a lot about it until you, like, texted me about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I I still listen a lot, and it was basically the whole day of programming. Yeah, no, I heard a lot of the stuff. Yeah. And it's definitely weird that, you know, based on just the way that everything has gone with us, that we won't, we won't, like, be mentioned in any way, shape, or form, but people that have worked there for a very short amount of time or, like, a big part of it. I was thinking it was kind of – it would be kind of funny – like, do you guys remember when uh, world-famous and legendary competitive eater Kobayashi got suspended for, like, a year from the Coney Island uh, hot dog eating contest, but he still just, like, showed up? He got, <laughs> he got, yes. a, he got arrested. I do remember that, yeah. <laughs> like, he got, like, stormed the stage or something. And So you want to do that at Ticketstock or what? I Yeah, I mean, that was my idea is that we just kind of show up. <laughs> like, we, we should have had to buy tickets by now probably, but kind of just well you're talking now way. the 30th anniversary yeah either they one. have a 30th anniversary show yeah tomorrow. That i think sold out right away yeah should we oh, buy- is it tomorrow should we buy a booth <laughs> <laughs> give away some trinkets and <laughs> just have a little yeah, putting green dumb zone t-shirts <laughs> and koozies and uh, i mean we're very pro ticket i like i said i still listen all yeah. the time but yeah, it was weird. It's about all I can say about it. You? How about you, Blake? Yeah, I mean, my my history on air was very brief, so you know, it didn't hit me that hard. But you were part of a lot of you you went on way more like team trips than I did, like probably three or four times as many. Yeah, and that helped you know the the relationship with you guys and stuff. But you know, when you're not in programming, it, it's not like you're you're a part of things at least it felt that way um but no i mean it was cool to to hear how happy everyone was and relive some of the memories that was really cool but yeah i mean it was it was kind of a weird day it's like i don't know like i don't know what's weirder like you were there a lot longer and a much more prominent figure dan thank you (laughs) but for me like i never worked anywhere else like, I didn't have the climb that you Radio had. Radio-wise, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've worked for my parents' business. Like, while I was doing the top ten, I've done four, five, six, seven different publications writing. But, I mean, I showed up there within, like, five months of graduating high school. And what year was that? 2003. Okay, so your dad had been listening since the inception? Yeah, or pretty close to it. And so that means you're in the car. Yeah. And so you've been listening. Yeah. Yeah, that's got to be weird. That's Artie Lang on the Stern Show. Artie Lang, I think, grew up listening to Stern, and then all of a sudden he's on the Stern Show and a big part of things. Yeah. And It was yeah, definitely weird. I don't have that that experience for sure of, you know, that's the thing I love, and then I my goal is to go work there, and then I do. Yeah, and I don't – it's weird too, but like – you kind of, you were a little bit older, 
like 10 or so years older and had kind of already developed as a person by your like late 20s. Whereas for me, like I don't even know what I would be like in an alternate universe. I might be a different, <laughs> in some ways, a very different person. You know, if I had gone to law school or something lame like that, or, you know, or worked in PR or politics or something like that, I mean, it it really is like the shaping force of my life. Did you ever I consider got there so early? Yeah, I guess you got in so early and. I wonder, did you ever consider working at other radio stations? Like, hey, I'm going to go get a job in a different market. Yeah, for sure. Not not initially, but after I had interned, and I applied at a couple places, but I was I had no experience at all um, other than... Did you ever get an interview? No, not really. But usually, usually you want somebody with a little bit of... I didn't work at my campus radio station. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. That's but, why I wonder why. Why wouldn't you do that? Because that's um, pretty much a layup. You can easily get in on that. Yeah, it wasn't my major. So I remember that being a problem. It was a minor. And they put the people who was their major first. And you got to remember, at this time, I was really stoked on politics. Uh. So that was a big part of it. Turns out, if you want to apply for a job in, like, Tyler, your main tape being that you used to call strippers and five-year-olds and ask them questions in a trivia contest that was what corby had you doing oh yeah okay it was so much fun too yeah i imagine not a lot of people have ever talked to a stripper at three o'clock in the afternoon but i did i did it every <laughs> week for like four months what was that bit it was stripper versus a five-year-old oh okay yeah like and they would come up for with knowledge? questions. yeah we would do like <laughs> it was actually a lot easier to find the strippers you know if the if parents who will put their five-year-old on uh on the phone with me or any of us at the ticket was was a little bit of a tougher challenge. So okay. I would have to track down the. Str- you know what's funny about it is there used to be a guy who went by T Bar. Yeah. <laughs> Indispensable. <laughs> for that yeah, game. he was Grego's buddy. Yeah. It was like a promo or something like that, and he would hook me up with a stripper like every week, not <laughs> like biblically. But yeah. Yeah, that was a fun game. Did anything ever come of that biblically? Like, hey, I- no really hit it off with this girl or no there were a couple times where a five-year-old any of the five-year-olds no no none of the five-year-olds either you idiots (laughs) (laughs) but anyways yeah i'm happy for them if they were born on february 29th it'd be fine okay yeah because they'd be technically 20 yeah yeah okay good math i was thinking (laughs) they'd be like 25 pretty basic yeah you're right yeah i thought um i think the exact same thing pretty much that you said um you know it is I do get that, hey, don't mention those guys because we're trying to pump up the guys who are here. Sure. And it's, you know, they're using the 30th is not just a remembrance, but it's a promotional event to, you know, they got bills to pay and keep the ratings good and all that kind of stuff. Um, But I've got nothing bad to say about the ticket. I don't think I ever will because we are going to, you know, we are going to have like, we're able to talk about whatever and all that kind of stuff, and and we will. We'll talk about whatever, but I and I'll be totally honest about a lot of stuff. And we're going to talk about being in the courtroom, and we'll we'll talk about you know what happened uh, behind the scenes with the lawyers and all that kind of stuff. But um, I got nothing but you know the 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 reason we stayed there in the past, like when Bob and Dan were getting offers elsewhere, was the people. You know, 
And that was the real draw for staying there now. Sure. But other, you know, factors got thrown in. It's funny when I was thinking last night about the a couple couple big moments in time where had a big decision to make. Um, both of the times, I took the one that is way less advantageous monetarily for me. <laughs> yeah. Which is really weird. Yeah. Maybe you're just a pure-hearted soul. I don't know. But that's both times, you know, when we stayed at the ticket and didn't go, we were getting money whipped. Yeah. And this time, in retrospect, it was like getting kind of getting money whipped by the ticket compared to what at least the short-term prospects were outside. And so um, I also have no regrets at this point. Talk to <laughs> us in five years, and yeah. maybe we'll be like, oh, man, that was a really bad idea. Who knows? I don't think so. Uh, I was trying to convince myself to have a regret last night, and I kind of couldn't because I thought if we had acquiesced and um, – you know, done something we didn't want to do, the regret that we would feel now, I think, would be big. Yeah. Like, what if, how did we do that? Why did we just get pushed around like that? That's how these things work. So I don't know. But it's, uh, obviously, they're great. It's the ticket. And uh, it's a machine. And, uh, you know, as we've said all along, it's not like we're competing against the ticket. How could we? Let's say we said we are. What are we? We're going to take on the ticket? Like three morons? <laughs> Sometimes on Sunday there's like seven morons. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. But uh, just, it's a machine. Yeah. It's a, it's a brand. It's uh, like, do you think our YouTube page is, uh, is affecting HBO's bottom line? We're not. I doubt it. Let's I don't do know some sports. That's... Oh, okay. <laughs> So I'm going to play something for you real quick to lead us into uh, Mavs talk because we have a lot of Mavs to get to today. Do you want to do Mavs first? Sure. Cool? We need a more like of a, a more basketball-y song than this <laughs> oh, okay. at some point. I mean, it's fine hey. for now, but we need to somehow loop like the Tim Robinson blah, 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 basketball. Oh, okay. So um, Mark th- that play. Th- th- this is not – We'll use his. This is not um, – Mavs related. This is Nets related. Okay. Are you aware of the concept of Twitter Spaces? Yes. So, like, you can if you're. Does it mean like a live chat? Yeah, and a yeah. lot of times it'll be you know like you're locked on, fill in the blank type host. Maybe his co-host. They'll hop on there. There's no video to it. Um, you see this for like politic type things. Elon has even done some of them. So this is a Nets Twitter space with a guy who is, uh, I believe, a Nets podcast host and a Nets writer. And there, were, I looked at this video. There were like 2,300 people on this. So this is not just like some guy and his buddies Ding around. Well, apparently, he was doing this from his car. Okay? Am I a muted, Blake? I take you to the Nets Twitter space last night where they're discussing Spencer Dinwiddie. We've heard that that happened before. Hopefully that happens with Spencer Dinwiddie. And whether they choose to go as uh, Cam or they choose to whatever, just make it. Oh, no. Eric? Yep. You okay? 
Yep, I am. I gotta head out, guys. All right, let us know you're all right, man. <laughs> wow. As the tweet that I saw this put in said, that's the most comedic-sounding cartoon car yeah. crash of all time. We've heard that that happened before. Hopefully that happens with Spencer Dinwiddie. And whether they choose to go as uh, Cam or they choose to whatever, just make it. Eric? Yep. Yep. You okay? Yep, I am. I gotta head out, guys. All right, let us His know voice completely, <laughs> completely changes. completely changes, yeah. Yeah, they gotta okay. get away from Dinwiddie. <laughs> yeah, that is weird. Yeah, I'm fine. He had radio voice. His radio voice is worse than his real voice. His it real was. voice sounds yeah. badass. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like a drop from a sound effects catalog. <laughs> I have Mavs-related audio that's not the, the meat that we want to do today. Okay. It's very short. It's sent. Oh, good. What's she been up to? Let's go back to Joe Trahan, who uh, interviewed Sint. And why? Um, I guess because he looked over and there she was, and he's like, "Hey, I got a camera here." And so they are talking about. It's very generic. A lot of vague. You know, we've made fun of Sint Marshall for years because she was. The product of a Sports Illustrated expose on the Mavs. Wasn't that it? Yeah, and I think really for me it was that she was uh, an executive at AT&T, I believe in town, and said at her introductory press conference she'd never heard of Mark Cuban. A former executive. She was unemployed at the time, but somehow they were like, you know what? CEO. And she might be great. She might be great. And I think it's obviously it's a cool thing you have a, you know, a black female in a position of leadership that makes representation, you know. I think that's a good thing. I just thought it was really weird that she felt she needed to say she'd never even heard of Mark Cuban. Right, cuz she wanted to show how hey, I'm not going to just do whatever. I'm not yeah. a big fanboy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, they start talking about uh some vague stuff with the new owners coming in. And then uh, she does say something that's, I think, pretty big. And so that's the vision, that we will have a big entertainment center, a big, uh, you know, just a lot of stuff going on, a lot of activity that people can come and enjoy. And so that's what it means, investment in Dallas. Yeah, so a lot of, we're going to have stuff it's and things. It's going to be stuff people can stuff. do. Yeah. There you go, keeping it here in the city, right? Keeping the team stays right here in the city, here, right? In it, well, in this region, I assume it's the city. I mean, I don't know. The plans aren't there yet. And then we have a lot to do legislative-wise and all that. But the vision is that you're going to see a lot of enhancements in this very arena. In fact, I'm getting ready to go and do a walkthrough with some people right now. So okay. you'll see a lot of money put into this arena. But then we will build something that will truly be a destination spot for Dallas. And I can't wait. So, yeah, the meat there is... There you go, keeping it here in the city, right? Keeping the team stays right here in the city, here, right? In it, well, in this region, I assume it's the city. I mean, I don't know. The plans aren't there yet. They're moving out of Dallas. Probably so, yeah. And that sucks because I love where they are right now. It's kind of cool. They actually, It actually did build stuff up around it. Yeah, it took a, a while, but it's definitely, you know, it's, it's not an East Coast situation, but... As a guy who did, what, 220 Mavs postgame shows and was down there every night, it was really cool. And it's going to be in Irving now. It's going to be where the old Texas Stadium is, or isn't Frisco. it? Or Frisco. 
and it's going to be everything around there. They're going to promise development and uh, and local businesses are going to be no, they're not because they're going to build all new businesses around it, kind yeah. of like <clears throat> Texas Life, Texas Life, or Atlanta. Yeah, all of these places have figured out we need to own everything around the arena as well, and these dumb cities will still pay us a ton of money <laughs> and will promise economic development and all that kind of stuff. But uh, really, that's 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 going to be the future. That's going to happen. Yes, it is going to happen, and obviously the cons- uh, casino component of it is huge as well. You know, they they're going to need a lot of space. Of which there's not a ton of in Dallas. Not exactly sure why you need to throw a bunch of money at the current arena, though. Yeah, I don't. It seems like a weird. Um. Well, I don't know that she's actually. It's going to happen. Yeah, I think they're oh. trying to say that to kind of say, "Oh yeah, look." I thought she had a walkthrough. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> How many arenas are there? I mean, I. This is probably a bad question, but that are just hockey. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, Detroit, uh, obviously Pittsburgh. But the, I, I feel like most of them. Yeah, I suppose dual. if you don't have an NBA team like San Jose or yeah, Nashville whatever. Yeah, is another one, yeah. But, but it's just, it, would be, it just seems weird to me to have a downtown Dallas arena for the Stars. <laughs> I mean, if anything, it feels like they would be more. You to probably have concerts still and shows. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. I think they'd, they'd the Globetrotters. Well, yeah, you can't. That's a staple. <laughs> Every February. And then, of course, um, we have Mavs Chaos. Oh, my God, dude. Where Things are very bad. Things are going bad. They got drilled last night after a good start. The games are longer, Jake, than 12 yes. minutes or whatever. Uh, they're now 16 and 18 in their last 34. So they are four games over 500 overall. But... Played a very weak schedule to start the season. Chaos is setting in. During the game last night, Luca got a fan ejected. That's tough. And Tim McMahon tweeted. Now, did this tweet pop out during the game? Yes. Yeah. He says Luca uh, put a little video, too, of a guy. Uh, Luca Doncic asked security to eject this Suns fan who was sitting two rows behind midcourt press row. The comment the fan made that drew Luca's wrath. Luca, you're tired. Get your ass on the treadmill. And then, let's take you to the Luca post game. I think I'll just play it from the beginning. I think the first thing is is not Tim McMahon, but it leads it, it gives you context of what happened here. Luca, in your viewpoint, what happened from probably the midpoint, the point of the third quarter, you guys were up by 16 to essentially getting outscored by. 30-something points in the next 13 minutes? Uh, it was our defense. I think, you know, uh, I think Book went off. Uh, he couldn't miss. He destroyed us. Uh, I think it was our defense. Luka, what were you frustrated about at the end of the uh, second quarter when you got that tactical? Uh, I know. I saw you when you said about the fan, you know. That was not a true all. That was not the only thing he said. Uh, but I knew you would be the first one to, to point out something like that. I'm not going to say what he said, but I knew you were going to be the first one to put out something like that. So I just saw it, man. It's just funny. You always seem to be the first one to put some bad stuff about me. First of all, 99% of the stuff I've written about you has been good. Oh, I don't know. I was sitting two rows behind us. 
Right. So it was the only thing he was that time he said something, the only thing. That was what you reacted to. Yeah. I was hearing the whole first half, right? Oh, you didn't hear anything. He was definitely hollering. Okay, there we go. But you put out something that was just the only thing. But what was okay, the final what, straw? What, what, what was the what final was the issue? What was the thing that? It's not the issue. I'm just seeing you seems to be the first one to always put something bad about me. Several of us actually tweeted that. That's fine. It's all over. That's Why did you ask for the fan to be ejected? You... Because he was cursing me the whole first half, too. Why didn't you ask for him to be ejected in the first half, then? Because I never would eject a fan. They pay for tickets, but I had enough, you know. It's a little bit of frustration. You turned your head and looked over at him after he said that. That's, I mean, that's what we saw. Yeah, that's fine. I'm be the guy, the bad guy in the media, right? It's all right. Fairly portrayed in the media? No. Physically, how are you after the? You look like you tweaked the. Okay, so now we'll Brad Sham it. Yeah, get it back to. That's a lot, man. I mean, they're not very good. Well, it's interesting. Number one, this is the post-game press conference. He has already seen Tim McMahon's tweet. Oh, for sure. And probably, I wouldn't even be surprised if someone on staff showed it to him. Just like, hey, you're going to get asked about this because this guy put a video out. Maybe he just saw it on his own phone. Well, I mean, Possible. you can see that he ejected. He got a player ejected. I know, but, but the idea again. of but that that was this one statement, he's going to ask you about that, so be ready. But, he again, he may have just... But the story, you know, the story about... The story now is Luca versus Tim McMahon and not Luca's frustration and the Mavs got killed, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's a disaster. And I think that it was pretty clear at the start of the season that they were putting up a little bit of a mirage by beating bad teams. They're kind of just rotten as a roster. And their coach is doing nothing. Absolutely nothing. We don't have to play him. A lot of his is, you know, regular. If there's anything that really stood out, go not ahead really. and play it. But, but a lot of the similar stuff of Jason Kidd passive-aggressively throwing Nico under the bus by saying, "What do you, I mean, this is the roster we have. This is what we, you know, you see, and they're just tired. They're, I mean, I can only do so much. And, you know, I mean, maybe injuries will, you know, if we stay healthy, maybe. I mean, but uh, I mean, because no team stays perfectly healthy, right? But he's basically saying, if we stay perfectly healthy, then possibly we have a shot. Because otherwise, I just got all these minimum guys. I mean, he actually said that. Like, I got guys on minimums, right? And they're having to play big roles, and so yeah, it's it's uh, it's definitely a, a complete. 180 from Carlisle, where even when we didn't buy it, Carlisle would just eat all of it. For the players, for the roster, for whatever. He would just, you know, shield everybody and say, I got I got to get it, the team better prepared. I got to have better plans. We need to practice a little bit differently. And kids just constantly like, what do you want me to do? Yeah. <laughs> like, what do, I'm just the coach. I'm just the coach. Like, I'm, he, I'm he'll even say like that when it, when it comes to, you know, Luca's frustration or Luca's T uh, technicals. Yeah. And it's... Well, I mean, yeah, I don't know. You tell me. Yeah. Well, wait. No, you're the guy brought in here specifically 
to help guide a young superstar because you were a young superstar. This is the whole point. You're a vibe guy. You're not the X's and O's guy. We established that early on. You don't... <laughs> that's not why you we brought you in for your great technical mind. It was because this is the new way to do things. If you recall, the, the, the Nets way, which we see how that went with Steve Nash. But you're the guy that's supposed to be able to handle all these uh, big egos. And you haven't been able to. No, and it just feels like they're completely rudderless from a leadership standpoint. Now, Kyrie wasn't out there. Powell wasn't out there with as Powell's out with the funniest Dwight Powell injury of all time, which is like a head contusion. Because <laughs> he gets hit in the face all did the time? Did you see WFA actually did an article about that account? There's an account called, Did uh, Dwight Powell Get Hit in the Face Tonight? <laughs> 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 I'll just tweet yes <laughs> with a video. Uh, I'm typically with you guys that kid kind of sucks, but it's not really his job to be team psychiatrist. And he can't want it for them. And a part of his thing is, yeah, I mean, the, the team kind of has to go through growing pains, and that's that was very Phil Jackson of you guys figure it out. I mean, where's the line? Like he, No, it's a good point, but it just seems like – I mean, the other thing is, like, Phil Jackson also had, like, an extremely intricate tactical system that he was implementing on both sides of the ball. Yeah. Where it's like, if kid doesn't have that, and he can't get the team to buy in and play hard and want it, it's like kind of like, what would you say you do here? Yeah, and, and I guess I would just imagine that he's just more of a defensive-minded guy. He is. They're 21st in defense right now. So, yeah. And maybe that's where he's, his comments on personnel – but I don't know. At the same I, time, you got to put some of this on Luca, man. Yeah, and that's kind of where I'm getting to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I I remember. You know, we've made fun of uh, Gambo in Phoenix. Yeah. Because he read that uh, scouting report from a scout uh, before the draft. It's like, oh, this kid's a baby. Cries on the sidelines. Um, he's immature. And funny enough. Actually, the first time I ever had a conversation with someone about Luca, it was pretty early in the year that they, before they drafted him, because it was obvious that that team was ass cheeks. And I was talking to Damaris about it, and he knows a bunch of guys like overseas, and he's like, "Yeah, there's everybody's sour on this guy. Like he just, he he doesn't take care of himself. He, uh, you know, he's too emotional. Like his." first intel was not that different from what we made fun of Gambo for saying. So, it's not entirely wrong. I mean, this has been a problem his entire career. And most of the greats are not quite that emotional. Like, LeBron's had a fan kicked out. You for know, sure. Multiple Probably in times. the last week, yeah. Yeah. But it just seems like, you know, sometimes the emotion just runs too hot. And the problem is, is that part of what makes him great? Like we talked about for years with like Dez. So you you got to find that perfect line. Yeah, and I, I, as I was driving over here this morning, that's a, that's Dez is exactly who I thought of because and Tio was another one where as I'm watching the game, I find myself just hoping, like, please Dez don't get mad, please <laughs> Tio don't call for the ball, and now it's just watching Luca with five seconds left in the half, just literally stand there, not fight for the ball. 
And whether you just tweaked your ankle or not, I mean, he just didn't care at all and then gets a tech walking off the court. Yeah. Like, it's becoming, <laughs> like, just unbearable. Where I love the guy, and we hear about how cool he is off the court, but on the court, I'm just kind of tired of this emotional <laughs> battle of I love this guy, and I'm beginning to hate this guy, too. <laughs> That's where I disagree that Kid is not the team psychiatrist. That's what he was brought in to do. He was brought in for Luca. Yeah, but he's going to say he's the coach. And that's not a part of his duty. Is anyone else having to do that in the league? Of, uh, hey, you feeling okay today? Hey, just leave the officials alone. Hey, guys, can we all gel together? Hey, can we be happy? Or maybe maybe it's a tougher love. Maybe it's, I have been through this. I, you know, give some of your personal experiences. In the post-game press conference, he's like, Man, these guys just got to understand how Michael Jordan and Carl Malone and and uh, the, uh, he's saying stuff that doesn't relate to the players at all. Like, how about you? You were in. This is why you were brought in. It's what Rick Carlisle and they always say. You know, the scrub players make better coaches in the long run because they relate to more of the the roster and. They figure out if they can figure out how to, you know, Phil Jackson was a scrub player. Carlisle was a scrub player. Uh, Kerr. You know, Steve Kerr, role player. Yeah. Yeah. Not necessarily scrub, but so, you know, Jason Kidd was a superstar. And that, the theory was we're bringing him in, another superstar point guard who had to learn how the refs work, how the league works how to mesh with other superstar teammates. And I feel like he's failed in his mission was to, you know, maximize Luka. Yeah, it's a very weird situation because I don't even really know who's in charge. Like Cuba doesn't even really own the team anymore, which I still don't know that we've wrapped our head around. You know, I guess he's going to – they say he's going to control basketball ops, but – I heard – uh, I was listening to House of Strauss, and he mentioned he actually still owns more of the team than is Allison? it Joe Latham? Lakeham? What's the Golden State guy's name? Oh, Lakeham. Lakeham. Yeah, I guess that's true. And, and you always think of that guy as that's the owner. That's true. And that's a good point. Cuban actually owns a bigger piece, but maybe Lakeham owns the majority share still. I don't. I don't. Know. I do know they have a bunch of tech investors. Um, even like you know. The guy who is in charge of Oracle. All right, I've, I heard Windhorse saying Cuban owns the control share. Yeah, that I was don't confusing know what that means. to me. I heard them talk about that as well. But it, the point is just like I don't, ha- I don't have a clue what's going on. Who's going to fire the coach? I don't really think Nico. Right, and, Nico can't fire kid. Can he? I wouldn't think so, but he probably wants to because I don't really think they were a package deal. I think this whole thing was just thrown together, and. That's why they have a superstar that at times can be petulant is because nobody's checking him. They don't have – I mean, obviously, like, you've seen little flare-ups and the like in Miami on the sideline, but when that happens, Spo will get in somebody's ass. And he knows that uh, Pat Riley will support him no matter what. That's why they just signed him to a eight-year insane contract. The Mavs have nothing of the sort when it comes to that type of backbone of an organization. They just don't. So if you already have a player that's kind of emotional 
and needs some direction, and it's not there, it's just going to get worse. And then it seems like sometimes the rest of the team feeds off of him and his negativity in these moments because now Grant Williams wants to fight and he's getting ejected. That's about the only thing he's good at these days. Yeah. That's been horrible. It's been really, really bad. Really bad. Started out super positive it for did. about six games. And I last night I got frustrated watching the game thinking that, oh, hey, Dante Exum is back. Maybe we'll be back to being good. Yeah. Like, our faith is in Dante Exum A now. guy just plucked out of Europe who was exiled from the league. It's all very bad, guys. It's not a good time. And it's obvious Lucas hobbled. Yeah. Kyrie's hurt. And Dwight Powell got hit in the face. I don't know, man. It's just... <laughs> And a month ago, we were like, man, we're fourth in the West. Things are looking good. How about Derek Lively and Derek Jones Jr.? And then now it's just like, just pack it in. Who cares? (laughs) Get to where we can fire the coach. (sighs) All right. It was a tough night because the open shots we did have, you know, we were were struggling to get them in. And, uh, you know, it was uh, was tough stopping them. Why? Sorry? Why? Why? Well, when you're not scoring and you're not able to set your defense, you're you're at a disadvantage. And uh, you know they did they did a good job, and and you know we had our struggles. Would you say that? Okay. You didn't play a great game. You played a great game. Can we take? Uh, we got we got his. Uh, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure what's going on back there. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. You're listening to. The dumb zone. Or, I mean, that guess is what? Stupid, I actually like, don't know what's worth the hang zone or the dumb zone. <laughs> what's worse? What's worse, Eden? Like, you stole the, the name from something else. The hang zone. Uh, already yeah. a horrible yeah. name. Yeah, but the hang zone. Already a terrible name, so I that's, don't really know. That's not your thing. That's like right, naming your show yeah, you The Simpsons that. and yeah, then literally. calling it The Samsons. Like, <laughs> it is. It's not, it's not really giving creativity. Can't go on forever, can it? Oh, now we see if I care. I don't care. I love it. I would like you to highlight that. All right, we have some other sports that I came down yesterday, and you know what? We need like more baseball baseball type music. <laughs> okay. Jeez, right. that was loud. Yeah. What's going on? I don't know. I don't know. I like that, Mr. Jones. What movie is that from? Never mind. There's no way you know. Uh, point break. I Matrix. don't know. <laughs> Adrian Beltre is in the Baseball Hall of Fame, which was kind of a no-brainer. I do enjoy, let me find the Baseball Hall of Fame tracker. Let's put up the other screen if you want, because I'm going to also play you guys a video while we talk about Adrian Beltre. But I love the uh the tracker. Yeah. Did you make that? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I put this together uh <laughs> this morning. 
Silver coffee. <laughs> it's obviously go to <laughs> at, look at that. Yeah, at no. not Mr. Tibbs. And uh, yes, you could see all the public ballots, all the you know the actual final percentage. Uh, three players: Joe Maurer, Adrian Beltre, uh, and Todd Helton. You have any problems with any of those, baseball Blake? Uh, no, not at all. Todd Helton. This is his not his first year of eligibility. That's always fun to me. Just guys that gain votes. He gained ten votes, and that's enough to put him over the top. I mean, he wasn't as good as Scott Rowland a couple of years ago. You need seventy five percent to get into the Hall of Fame. And what did he end up getting? Eighty two percent. Billy Wagner. Oh, that's uh the public. Um, Billy Wagner missed it by like five votes. Don't know if I'd say Billy Wagner is a Hall of Famer. Man, he was awesome when I was growing up. Well, he was one of the rare guys that threw 100. That was cool, right? Bartolo <laughs> Colon, 0.5%. That's no good. Aww. Anyway, Beltre with 99.1. Oh, no. Let's see. What did he get overall? 95.1. Yeah. The public ballots. Everybody wanted to tell you it was Beltre. I voted for Beltre. But when you add the anonymous votes... 99%. That's always silly to me, too. If Adrian Beltre wasn't... A, what, what was your reasoning for not voting for him? Sometimes you'll find the sports writer who says, well, Babe Ruth wasn't 100, 100%, so I'm I'm going to be the guy that's bad, going to hold, hold this terrible tradition because I, I want to hold on to that. I want to make sure that because some idiot didn't vote for Babe Ruth in 1930 or whatever... Uh, I'm also not going to vote, vote for Babe, uh, you know, somebody. Anyway, um, yeah, let me put up this video because, oh, before I do that, you know how I knew that Adrian Beltre got in the Hall of Fame? Um, I, tell me. Sports mayor. <laughs> oh. If you're wondering what does oh, the mayor of God. Dallas Did do? Did he even live here at that time? He follows uh, all the local sports teams. I wonder how he's going to frame it when the Mavs announce they're moving to Irving. Because sports that- mayor, his big thing is, ah, oh, we need more teams here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get the Rangers to come here. Remember back in those days? And oh yeah. Uh, he was gonna get another football team, another baseball team. He's gonna, he's bringing everything to the area. And it turns out he's not really doing anything except for tweeting. He says congratulations to the goat emoji, Adrian Beltre, on his (laughs) well-deserved election to the Hall of Fame. Greatest third baseman I ever saw play. You know, like A-Rod was a third baseman, right? For a piece of his career. I'd be interested in the the list of third basemen that he's seen play. Um, He says head... In parentheses, in parentheses and shoulders above the rest. And he did it all with joy and intensity and honor to meet him last fall along with two other Hall of Famers. He had a picture, of, of course. Because, yeah. you know, pictures catch a little better fire, Blake, on Twitter. As, as we've seen. Seventh best uh, wins above replacement for 83rd baseman ever. You would take a guess at the list. They do have A-Rod in this as a primary third baseman. Seventh best. Boy, that's low. Yeah, that is low. I would have thought higher because he has, what, 90, you said? 90-something? 80 83.8. Oh, 83.8. On fan graphs. It's probably a little bit different on 
B-Ref, but yeah. Yeah, I think it was. Um, okay, so Alex Rodriguez, do they not list him as a third baseman? They did. Okay, give me, only because I uh, grew up hearing about him from old people, Brooks Robinson. Number eight. Wow. Give me Mike Schmidt. Number two. George Brett? Number five. Wait, who? What was A-Rod? Number one. Oh, okay. George. Is Arenado already on there? No. Think uh, claimed to have drank 50 beers. Wade Boggs. Yeah, number th- uh, four. So we're only missing Eddie Matthews, who played in the 50s and 60s. Yeah, I would not have known. Yeah. I know that name, but I wouldn't have known his position. But he, it's pretty close. I mean, Beltre's not too far behind any of these other guys other than Mike Schmidt and A-Rod. I wonder, are there third basemen below him and war in the Hall of Fame? Probably. Probably. Right? There's yeah, not only yeah. eight third basemen. Scott Rowland, number 10, Blake. Oh. <laughs> no, that's of, uh, of concern to you. And Dan. <laughs> Scott Rowland. <laughs> A little weird. <laughs> What's funny, though? So we okay. can put this video up in, in the box, too, as we talk about this, because I was watching this last night, and I could turn the audio down. Anyway, it was a let's, – let's see the title of it. It was on Twitter, and it was uh, from Baseball History Nut, okay? <laughs> let's see here. Is that what you do every morning? What? Just scroll baseball history. Yeah. And I thought you were laughing at like the things I have bookmarked. No, no. Somebody bookmarked uh, Marcus Spears ripping uh, Jerry Jones. And then I thought uh, old intern Marco was talking about the Travis Kelsey heart hands. And I thought that could be a topic at some point. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, and then this. Look at that. There's Jake. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Post pizza. Jake. <laughs> the, 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 that was like right, what, days before the official hang zone? Yeah, it was pretty close. I think yeah. that's what pushed me over the top. Launched? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that is Jake trying to eat three entire pizzas? Yeah. And I that's still, number two. He I, didn't get through number two. I still maintain that I could do it with thin crust. And here's, here's that... Uh, Ice tea <laughs> tattoo, the humbling tattoo. But let's get back to this. So sure. this is baseball history nut. Uh, don't think there's ever been a funnier player than Adrian Beltre. And I watched this whole thing last night, and just watching it, I was surprised it didn't end with you know when he was standing out of the batter's box, and an umpire said, "Not batter's box, the, the on deck circle. circle." Yeah. The umpire's like, you have to stand in the on-deck circle. You have to stand on the thing. And he's like, no, I'm I'm, going to stand here. And the umpire, like, was, you know, more forceful. You have to stand there. And he he went to the on-deck circle, which who knew? uh, These things are movable. It's just something you lay on the ground. He picked it up, pulled it over to where he was standing, and then stood on that. And he got ejected. (laughs) That was awesome. I loved every time they did that. That was awesome. But this... Just the memories of watching him and Elvis for yeah. sure. It was a moment in time. Like Elvis would always get on him about being in his little area. Touching his head. Yeah, they they showed some of those things. The touching his head. And it really, I don't know, man. I got so many 
member berries. There's a bunch of the. Okay, here's one. That's, this is funny. And then it's just how Elvis gets so mad at him. <laughs> and he was just like, he's just like the little big brother, little oh, yeah. brother thing. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. I loved their relationship. And it got me thinking about this time in Ranger baseball. It's boring. It's very no. successful, but it's boring. Oh, this time. Yeah. That we're watching. Oh, dude. And it, just how. Like between it, Wash. Wait, what does he do here? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he runs. <laughs> <laughs> he just runs away. Yeah, and that's I think I brought this up during the World Series run. Is it's it was great to watch them win the World Series, but it just wasn't as fun because it wasn't this cast of characters. Because this these guys, I mean, they made the World Series and it was fun to do the deer and antlers and it was fun to just watch their dynamic. But now you just have two robots at the top. Complete robots. And it's 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 harder to get as emotionally involved as you were during these these times. Yeah, these this team right here Reminded me of like the early Red Sox teams, not early, but you know, like when they Manning, finally won. Yeah, Damon yeah. and Nomar. Yeah. yeah, because think about it: you had a manager who was who was crazy and smoked during games, and would run up and down on the steps. You had Dutch, uh, Napoli is running around shirtless. Yeah, with a cigarette. This one's funny. Like- And <laughs> he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> All of it. You had you. Yeah. That was a fun dynamic. Yeah. That's and what I love so much about that Derek Holland interview we did is him just telling us stories about this era of like, yeah, you would steal Wash's cigarettes yeah. <laughs> and hide them With, from him. Uh, who is it? <laughs> I can't remember. But One yeah. Of the pictures. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and if you'll remember, you know, when we signed Beltre. You know, I remember Mike Reiner saying, this is not a good signing. I was about to say the exact same thing, because I didn't know that much about the history of Adrian Beltre. Because and this, what Elvis is doing right now, Beltre fought a teammate over doing the exact same thing. Yeah. I believe Touch his head. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I remember the term locker room cancer. Yeah. Has there ever been a more polar opposite of your scouting report and then what you get? I mean, part of it is that you get older, right? And you get humbled a little bit. Well, you know what? I like this bit. I like when they do bits after a home run. I like when you freeze out a guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We, we were just talking about Jason Kidd and the culture, and you're right. I mean, it probably started with Wash, and then you're just team leaders being good, goofy guys. I mean, and that's that was just that team that probably started at the top with Wash. Yeah. And I think even J.D. deserves a lot of credit because he's, you know, Ivy League guy and seems really buttoned up. He's super cool. Like, he's not like a dick. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, a lot of GMs probably are or feel like they have to be. He was just a great dude. Yeah, I miss it. I'm hoping some of these young dudes they have now maybe are less – Less Seeker, Simeon, Robotty. Yeah, I mean, Evan Carter seems fun. Josh Young, possibly. Yeah, Wyatt Langford, if he yeah. turns out, seems to be a cool guy. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> Simeon and Seeker do what they're supposed to and and are paid to do on the field. It's just, from a fan perspective, I don't I don't find it as fun as it was when it was Elvis, Beltre, and Josh, and Ian. Oh, yeah. I didn't even, we didn't even mention Ian. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, we had such an emotional connection to that team. Yeah, it was really cool. Like, I really... And and maybe because it kind of... A lot of the guys were on the team when it sucked, and then it got good. Okay, this is kind of funny, because he, he jogs out of... Oh, he tried to pimp it. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't a home run. And yeah, he's he's pissed at him when he goes back to the yeah, dugout. But that's, I mean, that's genuine. Nah, I mean, it's part genuine, but... Um, yeah, yeah dude, man, I mean, just... I, I, I would, I my would... thing is, my memories of that era, like, I like that era better than I like this one. And they just won a World Series. Yeah, I think almost everyone would agree with you. And I, yeah, that was All right, the, look at this. That's why it was so conflicting during the World Series. Is <laughs> this should be more fun than it is? At least from my perspective. I mean, I know a lot of people around here enjoyed it, and long time coming, and it was something cool to enjoy with, with like your dad and your grandpa. But I don't but know. it came I, out of nowhere too. It yeah. wasn't a they they reached. I don't know. But okay, but think about this. Like we're watching all these really great memories. And then what we have from the World Series run was Seager hitting a home run and then just, like, saying, let's effing go. Like, that's all the personality we saw from him. I guess we'll never know. Yeah, I was looking at those. Uh, so let's look at the rosters again, as you were throwing out a ton of names. But, yes, Kinsler, like, so colorful. Josh Hamilton, Nelly Cruz, Michael Young. It's time. Remember Michael Young actually – I think also demanded a trade after they signed Beltre. <laughs> yep, it was first Soriano, right? Um, that got him to move. Yeah, but he didn't. Right, Soriano him. wanted to play second base because he had a better chance of being an All Star at second <laughs> base, and so Michael Young took one for the team. He said and went and played the better position. Yeah, uh, he went and played shortstop because Soriano didn't want to, and then when they called up Elvis. At the age of nineteen, I think, right? Yeah. yeah, they they said to Michael Young, "Hey, we're going to be moving." Him. That was when JD was pretty early in his tenure, and they had Nolan Ryan. And the thought was, if they didn't have Nolan Ryan, like, would JD have had the balls to sit Michael Young down? Like, but but if Nolan Ryan is sitting next to you saying, "This is the decision we've made," then you kind of do it. But I think he asked for a trade then. Yeah, when he moved to third base. Anyway, um, didn't he get moved because of A Rod too? I thought he came up as a shortstop. They moved him to second for A Rod, moved him back to short for okay, Soriano. Okay, moved him to third for A Rod. Uh, no, I think you had that right. They moved him to third for Elvis, but I think he came up oh, as a shortstop. But okay. when they signed A Rod, they moved him to second. Okay. okay. Then back to short I think for you're Soriano. Right. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. The, the team player jerking him around like that. Uh, that's what everybody always says, and then, yes, they don't say, oh, yeah, but he actually demanded a trade when they were. Um, you may have already mentioned some of these names, but I just want to look at them again. Uh, C.J. Wilson. Oh, oh, yeah. How awesome was that? It was fantastic. <laughs> Colby Lewis, fun. Yep. Derek Holland, obviously. Uh, Matt Harrison wasn't great, but it was kind of cool that kinda he was fun. pitching so well and, and he was part of that big five-for-one trade. Uh, the Mark Teixeira trade that brought Elvis here. Uh, let's see. Yeah, you mentioned you Darvish already. That was just fun. Oh, the 
the second year they got, or was it the third, whatever, one of their World Series years, that's when they called up Profar, who was like the number one prospect in all of baseball, but we're going to use him as a pinch hitter or here and there. That was fun. How about the fact that they had a closer that was throwing like 104? Yeah. Joe Nathan? Or Feliz? (laughs) Neftali, yeah. 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 It's like, oh, this is... This is yeah. exactly what I, you need. It felt like a team from a movie. Yeah. Mike Adams in there. Darren Oliver, who had member berries for older Ranger fans. Yeah. He's was around, you know, but their it, first playoff run, and now here he is back as a Nelly. The Loogie. But, but then even you had the guys that didn't fit in, like Lance Berkman, <laughs> Carlos Beltran, Alex Rios to some degree. Did you mention David Murphy? Oh yeah, then and then David Murphy who scrappy, as He's you said, Napoli. Guy. Napoli's all fun, <laughs> like real fun. Mitch Moreland was cool. Uh, what was that necklace they would wear? Because I bought one. The fighting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I supposedly oh, yeah. gave you, you some those. kind of power. That was huge, man. Derek yeah. Collin would it was, wear it. It was that and the Nike Power Balance. That's right. <laughs> you still yes. have your fighting. The necklace. Yeah. I have to have it somewhere. I don't throw anything away. <laughs> I guess that's true. Uh, drop the claw, drop the antler. Yep. Yeah, man, that was a lot of fun. I used to go to a lot of games, man, which is weird now because I don't have a ton of interest in going to the new ballpark. But I went to a handful of playoff games. The game where they beat the brakes off the Tigers. can't remember what the final score was, but it was like it was something like 17-5 to 5 or something. And I was at that game, and it was the most insane baseball game I've ever... Like, they, they just couldn't stop scoring runs. All right, I'm done with the video. <clears throat> Jeez. <laughs> What's the... Uh, I was thinking about this when I was thinking that this is a... This is a better area era, and I have way more nostalgia for that, and I will in 10 years still than than the World Series winning team. What's the championship trophy called in Major League Baseball? Commissioners. Because you know there's the Larry O'Brien. Right. You know that's the Lombardi trophy. The cup. Okay. I just wondered if anybody knew. I think it is like, yeah, it's commissioner's trophy. By the way, it was game six in 2011, which is when they clinched, and they won 15 to five. And it was, like I said, the most insane sports environment I think I've ever seen. You know, there's 51,000, it's packed, and they're just, like, rounding the bases over and over in a, you know, ALCS clinching game. It was awesome. Anyways. <laughs> you kind of laid out on me a little bit, so I'm not really sure what you want me to do now. What if we do this? Do it. Oh, wait. I don't have my uh, audio up because I turned it down because of the thing. So, three, that? two, one. Here's Jake with the dumb I should have muted it. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> this is a bold play that resulted in a death. A person is dead after a plane was stolen in Collin County and crashed along the Texas-Oklahoma border yesterday. Stole a plane? Stole a plane. A small that's plane. four stars. The Cessna. That is, you're, you're getting four stars in GTA for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, it was taken from a flight school in Addison. Small, single-engine Cessna 172. Like, 
obviously it didn't work out for this person because they're dead. <laughs> but you got to be somewhat tactically adept to steal a plane and get it in the air and go 80 miles. Can you steal a plane and get away with it? There's got to be like a GPS tracker in every plane. Probably so, yeah. Talk about the FAA. Yeah, I feel like they probably know. Yeah, like you... That's a crime that you could never get away with. Unless you could disable the GPS thing. The black box? That's right. Make the whole plane out of black box. You could probably... Maybe while, you're, <laughs> while it's flying, you could maybe like parachute out in a remote area or something and just let it crash. Yeah. D.B. Cooper. Yeah. Uh, the guy was in the air for almost an hour and a half. They say Boy, he took what it an at hour six, and a half six fifty-five, and it crashed at eight fifteen. I bet so. It was a twenty-three-year-old man. Like, did he do it to commit suicide? You've seen that happen before. But like, there's so many easier ways. Yeah. <laughs> than having to learn. What do you have to? You got to go to a flight simulator for. You know, a year, two years. Gotta, mm, he's I not, don't know. Not concerned about landing. <laughs> yeah. You know, there were other guys who weren't concerned about landing. Yeah. We should learn from them and win football games. <laughs> At least make it to the divisional round. Yeah. This is a weird story uh, that I can't tell you that I'm totally shocked by, but former Dallas Stars player Mike Ribeiro oh. is about to uh, undergo a trial for sexual assault charges. This is not the first time he's run into something like this. But yeah, I mean, he definitely seemed like a really sexed up dude. Some some people I think we've said, you know, well, he never raped me. But this one I think you could see coming. Yeah. Just by some of the comments. He's charged with two counts of sexual assault, a third charge of attempted sexual assault. Just because of what he said with me? Yeah, but... yeah. That didn't help the, I don't watch porn and make it. Yeah, we once asked him, we, I asked him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> On the air? What kind of porn oh, yeah. he watches, yeah. I can't remember why, but you know how just conversations go sometimes. But he just yeah. had a creepy vibe to me. And obviously, like, has had seemingly issues with alcohol, because if you recall, there was that time where he was, like, blacked out at a sushi restaurant or something in Plano and got in a fight. But yeah, this actually, this most recent one occurred at a lake, Lake Cypress Springs, about 100 miles east of Dallas. And what are we talking here? A couple of different things. Um, Was he watching two older ladies go at each other? That doesn't happen at every lake. (laughs) So he invites this woman out that he met, and uh, she's driving his jet ski. And he's behind her, you know, riding, riding bitch. <laughs> mm-hmm. And was apparently very, very drunk and started, like, feeling up on her, mm-hmm. like, under her bathing suit. And she was like, you know, stop, no. And then when they got back to, I guess, like, a boat, he did it again. Like, you know, kept slipping. Okay, under, so here's what happened. Under the things. Kept honking. Here's the thing. Here he goes, folks. <laughs> <laughs> My point is, it's hard to judge him 
Because you're not sure. the hot guy who has made that move many times, and they've always been receptive and into it. It was that was always illegal, though. Yes, <laughs> but I'm just saying, when you grow up and everybody's allowing you to do whatever you want because you're a really good player and you're good looking, you know, and he's a uh, multimillionaire, all that kind of stuff. He's not. He's not getting the signals because, and hell, even in in your growing up era, you've heard of uh, no means yes, like no, you know, yeah. it's they're playing hard to get, yeah. like it's it's all a game, uh, because many of the time, or probably most of the time before, it's worked out for him, and in the end, they acquiesce to his wishes. Not saying that it, yeah, that's yeah. right, but you. it is. I, I I don't know. So he uh. He said to the woman, she testified that when she, like, elbowed him and said stop, he said, I'm sorry, I'm fucked up. He okay. also sent her a tweet the next day. Said he was sorry? Me, a text. Oh. <laughs> the next day that said, uh, I know we were all tipsy yesterday, but I don't have anything, any memory of anything that happened. Let me, okay. let me get the exact. Now, does that get you out? No. Oh. He says, I know we were all tipsy yesterday, but I have no idea what happened. And... I guess even sending the text yeah. almost says, hey, I know something did happen. Yeah. I better send this to tell her I don't think, I don't he, know I believe in 2012, maybe. Okay, he was accused in 2015 by a nanny who sued him and his uh, wife, alleging that he had sal- assaulted her in 2012. She was the family's babysitter for the six years whenever he played for the Stars. That's why your wife wants you to get an ugly nanny. Uh, probably at least not 18 years old. And she stayed at the house, which I guess is what a nanny does, right? I don't know. I've never actually known anybody with one. Yeah, I don't know. I, I know mean, there did. are people who have, like, they'll go on vacation with their nanny. Yeah. You know what? I've, I actually, <laughs> it's very funny. If you uh, live in somewhat affluent suburb. Yes. <laughs> Go on. When I would go to Norris Soccer's uh, games this year, you could definitely tell who was a nanny. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, it was, sometimes it was obvious because there were three people there, and one of the women would be, like, chasing their other kid around. But sometimes you could tell, like, that's not that kid's mom, and it ain't the stepmom. Like, they would just have the nanny take the kid to soccer. I think – And I'm like, I'm out here freezing my nuts off. Yeah. That, that's popular – I mean, that's an all pair, right? Someone. I don't really know the difference. Uh, well, I dated one. Okay. And she was here from France, and she okay lived, lived with the family. And uh, yeah, it was a it was a dad, no mom. wasn't sure what happened with the mom, but she would take him to school, pick him up from school, take him to soccer, just help out. Is this why you don't want to broadcast from France? Your wife you won't might let run you. Into her. No. Yeah. <laughs> Like, you're not going back there. Wash doesn't know a lot about France girl. <laughs> Did you ever go over to the house? Yeah, it's weird. Met you, met the dad. Very weird. Did you ever? Nope. Go over to the house? Uh, uh, sure, but didn't end in that. <laughs> <laughs> so. Wow. I wonder what she. I wonder. I have so many questions. Like, what do you make? You know. I mean, really, it's a way to just be here. 
Yeah. You know, you're not making a ton of money, but you're here on a visa and you're technically working. You're paid they, for for like yeah, lodging they, and yeah, that you get a place to stay and you're taken care of. And she used that opportunity to go to school here and get a degree and kind of made the most of it. What could have been? Yeah. Could we hook up with her if if we do go to France? Um, like all three of us at once? No, I don't mean hook up. Oh. I just mean like get around. We'll talk about what's it like to date Blake. <laughs> I don't know if she's back over there or not. You don't keep in touch. You're no. definitely still You're friends Facebook on Facebook. Friends? No. You had to scrub it when you got. Yeah. Your f- I'm that type. <laughs> Was she on the gram? She's on the gram. Yeah, I mean, you posted pictures of you and her, but had to get rid of no, it. No, didn't really get that far how'd you meet this woman tinder hell yeah how let's talk more about you know i have tinder guy huh i have some other stories that can wait for tomorrow you know when you're in your mid-20s and you're single and sure put yourself out there i think our first date was she had never seen christmas lights before that's so that we just very sweet of you drove through a neighborhood looked at christmas lights tuned up the radio and hey look at this house is going to this song it was a wild time See, in this my is, life. This is another thing where Dan and I are closer in generation because I never once used a dating app. I mean, I could. There were times where you might try to like engage in some sort of hookup via MySpace or Facebook, but that was different. Like it was a person you knew. I've never just gone like on the the random site. So how long were you on it? Did I mean, off and on here and there. Oh, for a while, yeah. Did you Bumble? Nice. Yeah, Bumble was better, actually, in my opinion. Grinder <laughs> didn't hit Grinder. No, but Bumble, the draw there was the girl had to message you. Yeah, so that at least took that off the table of well, she's got to make the first move. See, so you're already at least legging out a ground ball to first, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very, it's very funny if you uh, have. Uh, single female friends and you're like if your wife is friends with them to watch them all gather around a phone yeah and just go to work you could tell the messages that came from a group of girls rather than just one yeah they're like no if they're real aggressive if they have a pickup line that's a maybe yeah and then you got pretty good at looking at their profiles and finding out oh she's the fat one in the group (laughs) jeez you had to know. Were you wary of like the close-up face picture? Like, oh my gosh, if she's not showing any s- of her body, I had a set of rules. Yeah, go on. Oh man, I gotta, I gotta harken back. Uh, yeah, anything from collarbones up, fat. <laughs> Jeez. If her first picture is a group photo, she's the ugly one. <laughs> and um, oh, if it's a far away picture, like she's doing something like. Uh, look at me, I'm shooting a gun or something. She's ugly. Because <laughs> hot girls will show off. And so, yeah, big sunglasses. That's a no. You know what's under there. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> just save yourself some time. <laughs> oh, my God. And I don't I feel bad because this. the group they're, the group of girls are way worse. Yeah, they are. Look at this guy. Tiny dick, uh-huh. guaranteed. I think I've heard that. 
Not, I mean, I've obviously heard that, but I mean, like, <laughs> I've heard them scrolling and being like, this guy looks like he's bad in bed or something. That's a good bit. A great bit. Blake's dating tips. Yeah. Or Blake's <laughs> tips it for didn't get me far, online but dating. I, yeah, I did learn a couple things on how to spot a lie on yeah. dating apps. And was it because you showed up at a date and it's like, oh, no. Um. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, you've had some bad experiences. Friends have some stories. <laughs> yeah. Where yeah, you want to do some double date, and the girl shows up, and he's immediately like, "I gotta go. I gotta leave." And then <laughs> you gotta try to save the night. It, I don't know. It's, what a wild. Scene, what's your? Man. I don't even worst really experience? remember dating. Um. Did you have anything that stands out? Not really. You know, most of that is just just talk. I, a lot of it doesn't really lead anywhere. Yeah. Um. But like I said, I, yeah, my my friend had a really bad experience. But no, I think mine turned out well. I mean, she I think she was one of the few I actually met up with, and it turned out okay. But ultimately, third base. What found, <laughs> what got him to find love was that he can mash. Yeah, she was yeah. impressed with your chick stick the lump bowl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, there's your news. <laughs> <laughs> The Dumb Zone News. Like and subscribe. All right, we got a couple more minutes for this. A couple. The Dumb Zone presents... Don't yell at me. Today in History. Were you upset that we didn't broadcast yesterday because it was one No, I didn't think and about that at all. That'd be kind of cool, right? <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll tell my family. What was the other one? Was it 123, 123, 1231? Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, today is 125-24. Thursday, January 25th. It's our 104th show on this date. I don't have a lot of birthdays to get to, but some today in history for you. This is the day in 1915 that America's first official transcontinental telephone call took place. Next thing you know, they'll want to play <laughs> men's sports or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think you're defining what I'm... The continent isn't trans. Anyway, oh. uh, Alexander Graham Bell in New York spoke to his assistant Thomas Watson in San Francisco. That's... Pretty freaking incredible if you consider what was going on in 1915 where people were still, like, in some places riding horses. Isn't it also incredible that, like, don't they have, like, a cable laid under the ocean? Yes. That's a pretty big deal, don't you think? Yeah. I think it's incredibly impressive and something I'd like to know more about. But, yes, there is cable under at least the Pacific Ocean. Or, excuse me, I think Atlantic for sure. Blake, on this day in 1945... Grand Rapids, Michigan became the first community to add fluoride to its public <laughs> water supply. Tying me into this one. What is it? That's how they control what? You tell me. I don't know. I don't know this one. What do the chemtrails do? I think they give you autism. No, chemtrails control the weather. That's what that's I'm talking the fluoride. Oh, the fluoride yeah, chemtrails. Yeah. Definitely had a roommate in college who was a hundred percent sold on chemtrails. Like any time we'd go out for a drive, a little... Be like, look. He's <laughs> look like, at him. Mm. It's going to rain next week. Yeah. 
And then just the next time it would rain could be a month later. You'd be like, they were seeding those clouds. <laughs> kind of like, like me and the, the gas, gas shortage. Yeah. <laughs> It'll come around eventually. <laughs> On this day in 2002, Ken Hitchcock fired his head coach of the Stars. Hmm. He'll never be back. <laughs> they had, yeah, they were very good under Ken Hitchcock. And then, yes, they would rehire him a few years later. Or like a decade later. And you thought that was a great move, right? <laughs> I thought it was weird. It led to some led to some show fights. <laughs> More like off air meeting show fights even. Which is That's primarily a really what it weird was. deal. On this day in two thousand four, Jake, NASA's Opportunity Rover <laughs> sent its first pictures of Mars to Earth. They showed a surface smooth and dark red in some places and strewn with fragmented slabs of light bedrock in others. What was the cost? $500 billion. That's <laughs> probably but something comedic. It did not cost $500 billion. And on this day in 2010... $800 million. <clears throat> Okay, it did. In Arlington, Texas, the International Bowling Museum <laughs> and Hall of Fame had its grand opening. And what's going up next? The Medal of Honor Museum? Okay, the, the the rovers themselves cost oh. eight hundred million. The overall project was two and a half billion dollars for some grainy photo of a place we'll never be able to go to. Matt Damon went there. Matt Damon. I haven't seen that movie. Uh, eats a lot of potatoes. That's your takeaway. Uh huh. <laughs> Sorry, you guys were doing a museum set. Oh, I forgot to over. tell you. Um, so wife is getting up, uh, leaving the house at about 7.30, and I'm still in the bed. You know, I'm kind of rolling through. I'm playing Wordle. I'm, I'm looking at uh, Immaculate Grid. Doing my thing. A little Duolingo, 35th day in a row, perhaps. Nice. It's, we're in the 30s. What was your word today? On uh, Wordle? No, Duolingo. Like Duolingo, it, was... it runs through like 15 or so. Oh, okay. Because Honeymoon was... One of your words a couple weeks ago. Yes. And I just know Luna was in it. <laughs> I don't remember anything else. Um, so it's going well. <laughs> no. So she's uh, the, uh, the uh, we'll see you later. Yeah. And then she's out of the door. The door closed. She closed the door so the dogs don't run out. She goes, uh, oh, wait. Uh-oh. I just remembered. Cha-ching. Oh. Was, I just remembered. Um, I got book club tonight. Yes, sir. And then the, uh, all of a sudden, like the clouds dissipated. <laughs> you got you were somehow out of bed. There's yeah. sunshine. The birds <laughs> are chirping. The house. I'm skipping around. <laughs> I'm singing. But good for you, man. I'll yeah. be at my kid's school, which is like the polar opposite. Oh, you got a teacher night or yeah. something? Yeah. That's great. Yeah, that is great. And uh, like I said, really not a lot of birthdays. Rick Bonus, former Stars coach, sixty nine. Rapper Pooh Man. <laughs> Who's that? No idea. Mm-hmm. And, okay, uh... Like Alright. Okay, video man. I'll end with Born on This Day, Not Alive Anymore. We have uh, Diana Highland, remembered for her remarkable performance in the TV movie The Boy in the Plastic Bubble, for which she was honored with an Emmy. Posthumously. After divorcing her first husband, 
Diana had a passionate affair with her much younger co-star, John Travolta. The two remained together until Diana died of cancer at the age of 41. Her unfortunate death left John devastated for life. Diana is regarded as his first and only real-life love interest and has remained uh, irreplaceable to him. Well, there were those uh, massage boys. (laughs) At least tried to replace. Yeah. Okay. And that was Today in History. Look at that. Nailed it. We did it. Plenty of time. Nailed it. It's only 12.59. Closing remarks there, uh, Blake? Uh, no. (laughs) Adios, mofo. Riding down the highway of girls on my bike Man, I never felt so alive Screaming pig suey at the top of our lungs Man, I never had this much fun But then she reached around and put her hand on my thigh I was in heaven and I closed my eyes Next thing I knew I wound up in a ditch Oh man, I should have never messed with this Girl in the athletic department in the volleyball shorts. Girl in the athletic department in the volleyball shorts. My face is messed up, my Harley's in the shop, and I don't know if I'll keep my job. All because she reached around to my thigh. I was in heaven and I closed my eyes. Thing I knew I wound up in a ditch. Oh man, I should have never messed with this girl in the athletic department in the volleyball shorts. Beware of the girl in the volleyball shorts, she'll touch your wiener. Girl in the athletic department in the volleyball shorts. <laughs>